0: Hey guys, I am super stoked to let you know that longtime friend of the show and all around great dude, Christopher Moreno has become the first regular sponsor of the Liberty Tree podcast. Chris is a realtor at Sir Properties in Orange County, California, and he specializes in residential real estate. I have personally known Chris since I was 18 years old and can say without hesitation that he is one of the most honorable and loyal friends that I have ever had. If you were to hang out with Chris for five minutes, you would see that other people feel the exact same way about Chris. He's probably one of the most likable people on the planet. And it's no shock that he's in the top 1% of realtors in Orange County. You know, we talk a lot on this show about the dismal state of affairs here in California. And from time to time, I entertain the idea of moving to another state. But at the end of the day, I always come back to the idea that I'm just too much of a stubborn prick to leave. You know what I mean? I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving.
1: I'm not fucking leaving. The <laughs> show <laughs> Wrecking ball to take me out of here. They're gonna need to send in the national guard a fucking SWAT team, cause I ain't going no way!
0: Fuck them! I mean, let's face it the socialists are coming for every red corner of every purple state, and they are not leaving any rock unturned. If we want an end to tyranny, we need to fight it right here where we stand and we have to destroy it. So if you want to come to California and help us fight this fight, or if you're already in California and you just want to relocate and live in a more conservative community than you currently do, Orange County might be the place for you. And Chris Moreno is definitely the guy to help you do that. Chris and his team bust their asses for all of their clients from condos to oceanfront homes, bungalows to Bayside. No matter your criteria, Chris will work to get you and your family into the right place for you guys.
1: You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up?
2: You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it? Let's see. Thanks, where Mr. I'm, uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't fall. give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. <laughs>
3: I
0: think some you you god bless you
2: I've and I'm not you to I but I will never Under my boots
3: around my Ships, the one, to Across oh, okay. that bit The ground below I
0: was Turn a to me down Zero And my mama cried And my mama cried
1: I think some apologies are in
3: order. There's something I haven't heard in quite some time. <laughs> yeah, man. Frank Zappa. He, do you know, he was notorious for um, when they were on tour. It was a requirement that everyone had to practice their instrument eight hours a day.
0: Really? Yeah. The dude was a, a very talented... Serious about musicianship. Musician. Yeah. He he <clears throat> he's an artist right yeah like just a full-on like when you use the term artist for musician mm-hmm. it's it is appropriate for right. frank zappa yeah correct right the guy was a wing nut um and a visual artist he did yeah cool paintings and stuff my dad was really into into zappa
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you pick a zappa song for a show like this um you know well there's always the the urge to not pick the most popular song by an artist, mm-hmm. but with a guy like Frank Zappa, everything's <laughs> really just so from that problem. <laughs> like- there's the people that are
3: really into him and that's it. There's no, there's right. no radio hit. There's no jingle. Right. Nothing became a uh, commercial for all state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not getting that, uh, car commercial <laughs> money. <laughs> that, that's commercial royalties. We grew up on, uh, that album, uh, Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch, I This is that. one of the greatest album covers of all time. I
0: was just going to bring that up. Yeah. It's a... Mike, will you pull that up, please, so we can and describe and it the, to the audience? the
3: song um, Valley Girl, whose daughter, Moon Zappa, did all the vocals on. Oh, it's really? It's just a genius song. It's so... We, ah, when we were kids... I don't know if just, I'm familiar. Oh, really? Yeah. See, to me, that was like the hit. I mean, really? Maybe I know just it. Just because of what I grew up on, but I don't think... Uh, I'm I'm actually completely at a loss is to tell you what we're actually like commercial hits for... Uh, yeah, look, quote, you put Frank
0: Zappa album cover, the only one that comes up yeah. is Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch, which is one, two, three, four, there's five straight
3: lines on it. It is. a so And good. it is fucking brilliant. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah, I remember my stepdad explaining, he's showing us that album cover when we were kids, and that was like one of the first records that I got into, because he used to sit us down and go through his records and play all the old stuff, Allman Brothers and Hendrix and Led Zeppelin, yeah. but the Zappa one, that was... Yeah, I didn't realize till I was older that to gr- that growing up on that music it was pretty bizarre. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, pretty avant-garde stuff. Totally. You know, most people's parents are playing in the Beatles and stuff like that. I
0: read something interesting about him today. That uh, he was born in Baltimore, Maryland, mm-hmm. where I used to live, and uh, his dad was a scientist for the army really developing like chemical weapons and shit Mm -hmm. and they lived very close to the armory where they stored mustard gas and shit dang and so in their house they had uh gas masks and things oh really safety precaution stuff and apparently it had like quite the effect wow on him as a kid growing up yeah and he uh it influenced a lot of his music he's always talking about military industrial complex and stuff yeah um Which just goes to support my theory that there's really not much that you can do to make your kids great, but you can fuck them up really
3: easily. So, (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if you've walked outside in the last, I don't know, 20 (laughs) years. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Speaking of uh, doing your best to raise good kids, remember I was saying, I think on the last podcast, that just not a huge fan of Thanksgiving. Yeah, And so I ended up going up north, ended up having two Thanksgivings, and ended up probably one of the better holidays I've had in a long time. Nice, dude. Everything was perfect. Happy to hear that. Yeah. Still don't like the food, but if you just pour hot sauce on everything, it kind of makes it a little more uh, palatable.
0: Mike, how was the turkey at my house? Mike came over uh, to Thanksgiving at my house.
2: Probably one of the better turkeys I've ever had. Yeah. Woo!
3: (laughs) That seven days salmonella, Brian, you did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <gasps> yep. If you uh, want Actually, my recipe. Mike was late. And he goes, I, I, I wonder if he knows what we're doing today. I was like, hugging the toilet right now. <laughs> Let the turkey out for a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. The key is to uh, just leave it in
0: your garage uh, where it's mm, cool. Cool. <laughs> You want to do a good seven days. That's how you. The salmonella actually really helps the brine penetrate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deep into the tissue. Gotcha. Yeah. So gotcha. start, I think it starts to break it down. A right.
3: Just yeah. fall off the like bone. Kind of a flesh eating kind of, kind a, of a bacteria. Exactly. Type of, yeah. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> they, uh, week, one of the dinners we had was at my sister's ranch, which is where I deer hunt. It's on, on the Lost Coast. Giant. It's one of the most amazing properties I've ever seen in my life. But. It's got hunting trails that go all the way up. It's old like logging roads that were kind of maintained. And then before dinner, um, it was just like beautiful weather. Perfect. Well, my family gets along; we're, They're a lively bunch. So we have a real good time. And uh, we jumped in the side by side, me and my son, and we drove up to the ridge. I gave him a set of binoculars and I was like, deer's out of season, but let's see if we can spot some. And then my nine-year-old spotted his first deer. It was awesome. Heck yeah. He's like, I see one. I stopped and he gets out. He's got the binoculars and uh, I was like, all right, like, you know, you got to tell like what it's doing. The thing must have been 300 yards away or whatever, but he spotted it in this flat. And I was telling him, I was like, you got to be super quiet. And he's like, it's looking right at me. I was like, I know. That's how well they can hear and they can see and they can smell. Yeah. So he kind of learned the basics of hunting. That's awesome, getting. dude. Yeah. It was really cool. Did you guys pretend to shoot it? No. Hmm. Like I said, it's out of season.
0: Even for finger guns? Yeah, 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 you get a,
3: of, it. yeah. It's it's kind of in the fine print, but uh-huh. hey, you learn that in your hunter safety. I'm surprised you didn't retain it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I got a pretty good score on it. I don't know. <laughs> must have missed a couple of questions. <laughs>
0: but yeah, good holiday. Nice, dude. Yeah. Mike, how was uh how was your Thanksgiving? Pretty good. I mean, I know how Thursday went because I was there.
2: Oh yeah, uh, two rounds. Gorge uh, myself.
0: Nice. Did you get hammered over at Jimmy's house? No, that was at your house. <laughs> I drank so much <laughs> that day. I mean, whoo. But so remember when I, I was telling you earlier that all the like good parts of prednisone have worn off, and I'm right. just stuck with the like cramping muscles uh-huh. and indigestion, and I can't sleep. And mm-hmm. there is one You're part of growing breasts, for example, <laughs> right in my garage. Um, one thing that is still there is I have an incredible tolerance for alcohol. Oh, really? Right now. And caffeine too, coming to find out. Interesting. I can drink five cups of coffee in the morning, just like no jitters, nothing. It's weird. But, uh, I can drink a ton of alcohol and I don't get hung over. Really? Either. So on the, the day that Mike came over, I mean, I probably started drinking it like, mm quarter to nine in the morning <laughs> and must have had 10 beers that day two martinis jesus boogecraft that mike brought over that was delicious uh two glasses of wine i'm tempted to say i had a cocktail after that god dang woke up next morning right as rain wow Then never got like drunk wasn't at all like i mean i was probably you know slightly elevated but mm-hmm. yeah so it's impressive yeah i mean so far i think the prednisone is uh on the 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 winning side pro of yeah pro side. <laughs> like it's it's veering towards a recreational drug at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah so
3: that stuff sounds terrifying and the time that i took it it wrecked me yeah, so you yeah. did not have the no. the same good experience that no, I did. I, 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 I actually it actually resulted in a fairly horrific story that I'm not going to share here right now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite ready for it, <laughs> right. too soon. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, good. Glad uh, everyone. Is there anything else you wanted to say about Thanksgiving, Mike?
3: I feel like you're trying to fish something out of him. No, I okay. just want to make sure I've
0: uh, given him his due. Because yeah, there the is the thing, thing I could add, though. Um,
3: there, there is one thing.
0: You uh, did not hold your alcohol
3: that night. <laughs> no,
1: <it's
2: laughs> kind kind of, no, 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 kind of quite the opposite. I think, uh, yeah, it was actually like a, a, a critical point in my Friday. When I was up at 6.30 and feeling terrible, I look on my phone and there is a picture of Kelly's cold plunge, Um in the low 40s, uh, but it's time-stamped at like 5 a.m. I'm just like, you wow. sucker. How the heck did you get up and do this?
0: Yeah. I'd been up since 3.30. Yeah. But I don't like to get into the- Drinking. The... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to get into the cold tub until the hot tub is hot, uh-huh. and the buttons don't work anymore on my hot tub. Mm-hmm. So it's now on a timer. It uh-huh. just and I, That's just how it works. Right. So at 5 o'clock, it turns on and gets pretty hot. And I can't take it out of the eco mode. I can't make it. So yeah. anyways, anyway, that's really not that interesting, but there you go. That's what he was going for, Matt. Gotcha. Yeah. Well done. Yes, sir. Feeling good. What do Mostly. you got? Uh let's start this mother trucker of a show. Let's do it. Good morning. Time to get up and go to work. So we had a show uh, over the weekend, right? So to speak, um, a meetup, a meetup, mm-hmm. a gathering, if you will. Mm-hmm. Where we screened the documentary "Died Suddenly," yeah, which I would highly recommend everyone check out. Very compelling documentary, in my opinion. Uh, something interesting happened to me while I was. Preparing for the party, getting everything ready. Mm-hmm. Kinda, I started coming
3: across articles that were very critical of the documentary. Interesting. This is something I was thinking about this morning. Okay. I resisted the because we've had this planned for what, two weeks or something like that. And then the documentary came out last <laughs> Monday, I believe. Yes, Monday. Monday. And you watched <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. I get a text from you and you're like, this is intense he's like i'm on like the verge of tears right now i had goosebumps and tears in my eyes when i texted i had to fight the urge because i had some downtime for the holidays i wanted to i wanted to be fresh for the event that we held Uh i think i'm gonna watch this thing cold um but yeah there's a few times i'm like "Ah, i should just pull this up and look at it but then I'm in the room with a bunch of family and then <laughs> so what, what are you watching? <laughs> like, ah. a, a documentary. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, oh, is it like Michael a, Moore
0: Yeah, <laughs> <it's a> documentary? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I, it did not disappoint. That was an intense experience. Wasn't it? It was. Yeah. There uh, were visually, I caught myself like muttering, like, Piece of pizza halfway to my mouth just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, visually very graphic and
0: and shocking. Yeah. Um, and then, the, obviously, the content was just very uh, austere, I think mm-hmm. is a good way to put it. The uh, the thing, though, so watching it the second time was a much different experience because between the first time and the second time, I Mike had actually recommended uh, an article on from Forbes. Mm-hmm about the a documentary, which took them, you know, took, uh, umbrage with a lot of the claims that they were making. So I was watching mm-hmm. it again. What happened to me though, is that I, I started questioning what I was doing by showing this documentary. Okay. I actually started like thinking like, hold on a second. Am I act because at our at Liberty tree, we're trying to create a movement of people that is going to shift the, the paradigm in our, um, culture, our our society, our communities Mm -hmm. to where we're,
3: um, I'd say it's a combination of that. And, you know, the original ideas that we talked about when this thing was just kind of existing in the abstract, you know, we don't really nail down, like what, what the medium was going to be and what our execution would look like, but it was, Feeling like you're kind of ideologically ostr- ostracized from the people around you, and then every once in a while you start to run across someone you're like, I, you know, I, I agree with everything you just said, and what we want to do, or at least the, the value that I saw in what we we're doing in the very beginning, was an attempt to like galvanize like-minded individuals into somewhat of a more kind of loosely affiliated, like organized network. Yeah, yeah
0: so i i'll even back up further i had this speech prepared for the event mm-hmm. that uh, i decided not to give because the event was uh not as well attended as we were hoping it would be and there's some some good reasons for that and actually it was kind of one being <laughs> use <laughs> the, <laughs> the wrong address for
3: <laughs> not
0: putting the right address uh or, or a confusing address i should say mm-hmm. uh, on the on the flyer didn't help but i don't know that that was the the main mm. reason. Another reason is that we were showing a very gnarly graphic depressing. It was not film a, it, that didn't really excite people. It was not a good time. So, yeah. um, but, it was a good time hanging out and the people that were yeah. there were uh, were very uh, interested in talking about it afterwards it was exactly what we, we right. wanted just maybe a little bit smaller scale but it felt weird giving a
3: speech we were looking forward to, yeah to the conversation yeah. afterwards yeah
0: but anyways what I was going to say and I'll just summarize briefly is that um you know the reason we we're showing this film is not about the negativity and the and the gruesomeness of this it was more about the positivity of creating this paradigm shift that I was talking about this, you know, trying to n- nurture this movement that we want to create with Liberty tree, mm-hmm. um, where we're actually, and it's funny, it's when you talk about the state to a group of, uh, to the public, to people who might not listen to the podcast, um, are just there cur- to be curious, aren't really like, know what we're about all the time right it can raise some cackles right Mm -hmm. but basically i was going to say like this this is about matt and i are Mm anti-state to me this film is not about a dangerous virus it's about a dangerous organization right called the state correct it is the greatest criminal organization the world's ever known yep in our opinion this vaccine isn't dangerous if you don't have the state compelling you to take it Right? right? It's just a choice at that point. Correct. If there's no propaganda, there's not a media arm of the state pushing it. There's not actual, you know, politicians telling you to do it and passing laws, forcing you to do yeah. it. Right. Then it's just like, who cares at that point? And so this concept that I've been working on a lot lately of the, or, or thinking about and reading about this concept of the natural <clears throat> elites, this this movement this thing that we were doing the show in this documentary showing the other documentaries doing what we're what we're doing was about shifting people's thinking away from this political elite this these just bad people mm-hmm. with bad intentions with no redeeming qualities who are our leaders by virtue of cheating and right. stealing and cheating way winning through a
3: popularity contest winning a popularity and like, oh. contest of the people bought into this. Yeah. That means that my tyrannical authoritarian (laughs) will, it will apply to every single one of you. This is the problem. We've talked about this a lot before is that this is the problem with the concept of the state or the federal government of government being too big is that this is why politics has become a religion, which is one of the most like ugly and destructive things I've seen in my lifetime is that when you, when, when government has such an overreaching, like overbearing role in your life, then every, every election, you are going to feel like everything is on the line. Because government is. just didn't have that role. You wouldn't really care if it was a Democrat or Republican. Like, I yeah. have such a minimal role in my life. Like, I'm just, I'm not too worried about this. Right. When you're saying the concept of the state that sometimes we get some, you know, people giggling at what we're saying. I like, I had a conversation with a family member over Thanksgiving. And I, I was talking about, he's like, well, what, are you, what is it that you guys are doing exactly? I'm like, well, we're not, I wouldn't call it political. It's more philosophical. And it's just that we're anti-state. We're just, and, and they had never even thought of that as a concept, as talking about political elites. So we'll think about like, here's how the people that run your life, here's how they get there. Like, does this make yeah. sense to you? And I, at the end, I was like, what we are proposing is like, you are born under this assumption. Tell that story right now. I want to hear you. <laughs> I want to hear you say the, the the story of how this political elite who's like Gavin Newsom that is right.
0: affecting A, all of our lives. Born, in,
3: born into wealth, groomed at an early age to be in political elite, not gifted, not that intelligent. He speaks kind of well and he's tall and he has all his hair still. That's all he has going for him. And people go like, that's the guy I want in charge to tell me. You know, what kind of car I can drive, what my business can do, what I can do with my own private property. And we are enamored with this idea of these political elites and what we propose. It's like, you know, if you step back, you're, you're operating off the assumption that like, well, as it has been, so it will be. Like, no, it does not have to be this exactly. way. And it w- didn't start out being like this. Exactly. It's something that it was this... You know, multi-century mission creep where it got bigger, 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 and with size and growth comes the corruption. And now we're taking half your shit, and we're going to tell you what to do, what your kids learn in school. And we we propose, you know, with Liberty Tree, is like just at least consider the idea that things don't have to continue this way. That we can step back and think about this as a new thought paradigm. Totally. Yeah. I I just read something from uh, the Mises.org.
0: That was talking about Mike. See if you can pull that up. Actually, go to um, Mises. Just Google Mises uh, Hapa Natural Elites. Hapa H O P P E. Um, so he he. I was gonna read this actually, but I um, decided not to. Anyways, the what he says is that there's two theories of how states came into existence. Mm-hmm. I did not mean to get off on this tangent, but I love this stuff, so I'm just going to go with it. There's two theories. One is that the most common theory is this idea of, um, oh yeah, perfect, that is uh, associated with Oppenheimer, Alexander Ristow, and um, another guy, uh, where it's the theory of exogenous origin of state, it. where the, it goes like this, there was just these warlords who went and conquered other states, and then they, mm-hmm. they that's how a state came into existence, and mm-hmm. just got bigger and bigger, right. right? But that theory is totally incomplete, because who are these warlords, who is this, these other groups that you're you're saying did the conquering? Where did that come from? And what he proposes is that where states actually came from originally were not this awful idea of a state that we have now, but instead they were groups of people that were led by these natural elites mm-hmm. who, just by virtue of being really good people, um, very dedicated, you know, warlords maybe, yeah, but very good, honest men who were very good at making things and making wealth who were very smart, who were very uh, physically gifted and who people just naturally looked up to. These guys basically in their communities said to everyone else, you know what? Um, Because people would go to them to decide arguments, for example, or ask for advice. Eventually these guys just said, you know what? I am going to be the uh, spokesperson for everyone right. from now on, and if you have a problem with that, then we can go fight. Right. So what they were actually doing was expressing their elitism, and people followed. it. I think of a guy like William Wallace when I, right, you know, he was just so badass that everyone followed him, even though there were these other options. There were these other lords and things that said that they were the ones in charge. People were like, no, this. This is the guy. Yeah. And that is what we have to get back to. Not this idea of these political elites now yeah. who are empowered just by some, you know, uh, like don't like we just said winning a popularity contest, something, you know, a reality TV show mm-hmm. host became our president just cuz yeah. you know, what sense does that make? Yeah, It's not like we people were looking to this person to actually Correct. lead. So, anyways, sorry for that tangent, but it's just it's all I been thinking about lately. (laughs) Um so anyways, the documentary uh went over really well and uh we had a very stimulating conversation afterwards and I was um watching it the whole time thinking about the the article that I had read and the other a few articles that were very critical of it. And I was thinking, am I I don't want to be misleading people with this. And I had to do kind of a gut check. Uh And I started thinking about the podcast in general, to be be honest. Uh And, you know, I got a little bit uncomfortable. It it made me kind of check myself. Right. turns out, no, I'm doing everything
3: totally right. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he, so everyone I'm kind of curious but... about this because I feel like when something that comes out that's counter to the acceptable narrative, um, you know, according to pop culture and you know, the corporate media complex is one of two things happens. There is a very coordinated campaign to quote unquote refute it or try to take it down or demonize it in some way, you know, undermine yes. its credibility, or it is completely ignored. So this would be right. like this- certain documentaries come out and it's almost like there is a widespread agreement, you know, for the gatekeepers to say, like, we're just not going to talk about this one. Okay. I think that's the thing. So I was curious to see, because I am seeing a lot of the stuff that I follow, you know, podcasters and stuff on uh, social media and stuff on Substack is that this died suddenly documentary like has some freaking legs to it. Like right. everyone's talking about it. Well, they want to ignore
0: everything. Yeah. To begin with. They only don't when it does get those legs and people. So you saw
3: some articles that are trying to undermine
0: it. Correct. And destroy its credibility. Yeah. And so after, just to finish my gut check moment Mm -hmm. though, it was a blessing. Gut check. (laughs) Can we get some lightning sound effects? (laughs) The, I, it was a blessing in disguise because it it allowed me to take a minute. And I think what triggered it is that a documentary can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. You, it's not, It's not like you're getting truth handed to you on a platter from God. Right. It is a point of view. It is a narrative. Mm -hmm. It has music to it. It has, you know, shocking imagery, good editing. Gotcha. And I went back and I just kind of took like a minute to just look at what we're doing. And it was kind of a blessing in disguise because the last thing in the world that I want to do is be sitting here talking to you about stuff that I don't either walk the walk in my own life that I don't live mm-hmm. or is false and I'm, you know, ignoring the obvious signs that it's false. Right. Um, or that, you know, I'm intentionally misleading but I, I right. we don't do that. Right. Yeah. And no. I just, but it I, it took a second. I just had, I just got knocked. It was like, I took a, like a gut shot. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, are that's, we doing this right? That's a good thing. And I, I it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and I absolutely. stepped back and I said, we are. And so I watched the documentary yesterday like, from example, that perspective. We, we
3: had people there that had, issue with some of the data that was proposed correct and when they brought it up i was like ah, I, I love this this is what mm-hmm. i wanted like this is what i wanted like that was exactly what we were all looking keep for each other on point like we, totally you know, we're not you know we're not here to be cheerleaders we're here to think about things we're after the truth the conversation correct
0: yeah yeah i got a, a message uh from keith on uh, instagram to that mm-hmm. effect i said you know what let's yeah doubt away let's go
3: yeah i'm for sure
0: let's i'm here for the truth not for a narrative yeah That's exactly the wrong.
3: That's exactly what we're not doing. But uh, talking to people that don't that weren't born with the skeptic gene is. I just I can't have the conversation. I was like, you you just this blind devotion to things that you're told is so sad to watch, and that's what we get with status. Yeah.
0: A lot of times you can kind of just kind of hold their hand and walk them through some things and, you know, they're not going to get what you're saying and Mm -hmm. you, but you just kind of show them the way. I like when I have conversations like that.
3: But to poke holes in, you know, maybe kind of our side of the fence, I don't know, to the extent that there even is one, but capital L libertarians fall into the same trappings is I see people talk 100%. or respond in on you know in on Twitter for example or whatever and they're going right down the line like if you are a capital L libertarian here's exactly what you believe. It's this and it's this and yeah. it's this. And just as I say like And you have to believe in you, open borders. If, if your ideology, if you're you know everything you believe perfect there's no deviation if it perfectly lines up with mainstream media, then it's called, like you that's evidence to me. Unless you're at a statistical anomaly, you've never critically thought about anything that you believe. You've never had challenged your own opinions. You've never let someone else challenge your opinions. You you're 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 force feeding yourself a narrative, a preconceived narrative by someone else. Yeah, and I think every ideal every ideology falls prey to that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh,
0: until proven otherwise, I came out of the documentary <clears throat> thinking, yeah, the vaccines are clearly fucking people up mm-hmm. and it's either that or just a wild coincidence that all of the graphic shit that they pulled out of people's bodies all of these clots right. which are not even blood clots they're like fibrous
3: clots it's like fibrous protein masses or
0: yeah it's long gnarly like how long like some of them are like two feet long yeah things that they're that these morticians are pulling out of people's bodies turns out uh, us you know forgetting to catering cater the event was probably a good (laughs) call so the uh, yeah so I I, that happened right around the time the vaccine came into place right you and I know the numbers that death excess deaths are up
3: and life insurance claims 40% are up funeral services excess death mortality was 12% but now we're seeing evidence like it's getting closer to like between thirty and forty, as we looked at some of the in data some in some today. categories, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, funeral services, all the all your funeral service companies um, are record windfall profits. You know they have doubled <laughs> the, the the value of their companies in the last year and a half. Um, life insurance companies are plummeting, going to, You know, check two podcasts ago, we covered all the data and statistics for that, and every mortician in that
0: film was saying the same thing this Mm is we've never seen it before and now it's all we see
3: and then we also so getting back to like you know who are who is the purveyor of information who's curating the information you're taking in and then at some point you know what do you choose to believe are you going to be skeptical about the information that you get and we always talk about on this podcast is like when you couple when you go when you eventually make a decision like okay some of this stuff is making sense to me and then couple couple it with the, the walk out the front door test and the amount of people that we personally know and that have had seizures and strokes and blood clots and heart attacks. Yeah. Like I'm I'm starting to lose count of like how it's it's becoming such a commonplace thing. Yeah. And I don't make light of that at all. It is terrifying and it makes me sad to my core that this that this has happened. Because the bulk of these people that I know personally all just did all the stuff on good faith. They weren't yeah, they didn't have this weird religious ideology attached to it. They're like, "Yeah, I'm kind of worried about this thing and this is what they're telling me I need to do." Or they, in some cases they did it like, to save other people. I'm kind of skeptical about this and someone goes like, "Well, you're going to we're going to fire you if you don't do it." Like that's where I start to get angry. A lot of people were,
0: you know, manipulated by, you know, don't kill grandma, don't kill your friends, yeah. grandma. They're trying to do what was right for mm-hmm. humanity. I mean, this is totally so you could think of it like that, like like we do, or you could be just completely uh, blind to any of this stuff going on, like the ladies on the View are
2: typically. He spent watching. his entire life saving people's now, seven lives. Seven
1: administrations? Yeah. Saved yeah. Seven administrations. He saved yeah. people's lives during the, the AIDS um, epidemic. You know, think mean, you, the you holidays are now for the past few years in our family a really sad time because both of my parent, my husband's parents died of
2: COVID within three days of each other. Within three days and within a week of their birthdays. Because it was before they
1: had the vaccine. There were no vaccines. Right.
2: I
3: okay so uh, there still isn't a vaccine we could start with that (laughs) even if they had said vaccine it wouldn't matter anyway that was um and you bringing up uh as an as a virtue and an attribute Anthony Fauci's role in the AIDS epidemic it's like that reminds me of uh Jan Wiener or whatever that guy's name on Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan posing to him like give me a good example of why Big government works. He goes, "Yeah, look at the pharmaceutical industry." You're like, oh "Well, my God, dude, really?" Yeah, and you know, what? don't don't take our word for it. Here's
0: Kerry Mullis, the inventor of the PCR test, mm-hmm. talking about Dr. Fauci. What is it?
3: What what is it about humanity that, that 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 wants to go to all the details and stuff and listen? You know, these guys like Fauci get up there and
0: start talking. You know, he does not know anything really about anything, and I'd say that to his face. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The man thinks you can take a blood sample and stick it in an electron microscope and if it's got a virus in there, you'll know it. He doesn't understand electron microscopy and he doesn't understand medicine. And he, does, he should not be in a position like he's in. Most of those guys up there on the top are just total administrative people and they don't know anything about what's going on at the bottom. You know, Those guys have got an agenda, which is not what we would like them to have. No, it's called depopulation of right.
3: <laughs> the world <laughs> so uh, and not cur- currently that's morphing into covering my tracks and stepping down from positions where I can be held accountable and be <laughs> put on trial for perjury or lying under oath because now that we're finding out- hey did you get this breaking news they're really starting to think that that virus might have come from the lab <laughs> is that right <laughs> yes <laughs> oh by the way o- other breaking news CBS just announced the Hunter Biden laptop? Yeah. It's real. Is it? Yeah. I knew it. CBS. Oh, yeah. good for them. Did They
0: They must have broken we this got story. Those, we got those both right oh. years ago. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Wow.
3: We can just start lucky. At apparently. what point do we stop calling them conspiracy theories and just call them spoiler alerts? <laughs> hey, exactly. exactly. Liberty spoiler. Tree spoiler
0: alert. <laughs> totally. We have to change the bumper for that. <laughs> um, there was this part on The View where they...
1: you know the new booster it gives you limited protection i wish to god him like carry on like there are other channels there's other
0: things to do it's not like he got you to wear a mask or do anything else so so like the the focus on him just shows you that they're trying to yeah so she's saying like what is the rights fascination with dr fauci like why won't they (laughs) leave him alone and this one one chick on there is like, well, I am friends with Dr. Fauci. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, and it's just a total brag. It's like- God
1: love you.
2: That you they you not Well, anything. why do people hate watch Dr. Fauci? If
0: you don't like him, like, carry on. Like, there are other channels. There's other things to do. It's not like he got you to wear a mask or do anything else. So, so like, the the he focus on him just shows you that they're trying to put their vitriol somewhere because he's yeah. here for other reasons. So just carry on. Keep doing your non-mask. It's almost, it's almost
2: like, gee, I'll get COVID and I'll die and I'll own the lips. What a good idea. Yeah. It's, I was so... So, <laughs> Dr. Fauci's a friend of mine. It was such an awesome... Honor to work yeah. with him during the height of COVID, and congratulations on an incredible 50-year career. Yeah. Um, I was surprised by what a boogeyman he became for the right. I mm-hmm. did tell him early on, I was like, "If you go on TV too much, like, you're going to put yourself out there and open yourself to criticism." But he'd always say, Alyssa, I got to get the information to the people." He just wanted to do his job. Yeah. And what I'd say to Republicans Why do you who think kind he of
1: became the boogeyman,
2: I think they blamed. Him. I think a lot in my party blamed him for everything they disliked about COVID policies, but he's not. In economic advisor so if you don't like that states closed down because of covid or businesses closed down that was not dr fauci an (laughs) infectious disease doctor's Um, decision to do that or even
0: really listen hold on no you listen
2: closing bars and restaurants
3: is a policy intervention and it seems to me the evidence from arizona and from texas and from new york city and dr burks reportedly has been telling governors this is that that would help us a lot if we kept those closed do you agree with that i totally agree chris (laughs) <laughs> busted <laughs> Jesus. listen you vapid bobble headed cackling insufferable cunt the reason why we hate watch Fauci is the reason why I want some answers of why my kid missed out two years of school why my friends lost their jobs yeah. while I have a friend in a wheelchair right now I've had two friends that have had heart attacks I'm hearing about people fucking dying all based on your recommendations. What? That is why we quote unquote hate watch where our quote unquote fascination comes from. Right. Could it be that we're
0: fascinated with what we're going to be forced to do next that? Oh, it's not like Dr. Fauci made you wear a mask or told you to shut down your business or told the schools that they needed to remain closed or told everyone that they had to get triple quadruple vax. It's like, yes, yes. That's exactly why we're hate the guy and that we have to watch it because that is informing everyone's lives yeah. right now. Are you guys just, I mean, it's insane that these people would say this stuff out loud, total lies, like repeat it over and over again on this show. And just everyone just kind of, well, we're on the, we're on their team, so we're not going to hold them to the fire. I
3: had this for another podcast. I don't have it in front of me right now, but they, um, it was unveiled at the CDC because, yeah, usually if you have a really good idea, you need to unveil and execute the world's largest propaganda commercial campaign. Yes. Yeah. God forbid. Otherwise, the bad idea wouldn't stand on its own is they spent almost 60 million dollars for uh, TV paid personalities and celebrities to. For the, the vax agenda, so that's when you get like Stephen yeah. Colbert with a vaccine dance, everything that comes out of the, just that pile of shit Jimmy Kimmel's mouth and these people in the View. It's like they're getting paid to say these things. There's a new, and if it's not them getting paid, it's that networks getting paid. Also, all these networks, well, over sixty percent of their ad over revenue half comes, their ad revenue comes from pharma- pharmaceutical companies. Yes, do you think they're gonna go on there and go like, ah, I'm not taking that poison? Yeah, <laughs> they would be off the air by the next day. I know. Yeah, it's.
0: That's yeah. And so, anyways, I wanted to play those clips because you know, yes, we are right. They are, they are committing these atrocities against humanity. And I, even if you don't think that the the vaccine is designed to wipe out humanity, um, the fact that, like you just said, they're telling us that we have this disease. It's the worst thing since the Black Plague,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then having to spend billions of dollars to convince us that, that it that's is. true right that's just wrong yeah in and of itself i mean that in on its face that alone
3: this should be enough to to convince you and the conversations i've had with people you know kind of over the whole is, i was like is it a fact you agree that this has a survivability survivability rate of 99.97 percent?" yeah and they go yeah that's true I'm like explain it to me that's all we need to right. know if if you, if i was armed with one fact for this conversation that would be it totally That's so what else so do you what we need what are we doing with that information we shut down the entire world we pull kids out of school we mandate people putting in experimental gene therapy into their bodies over that right it has a it has a median death age that's higher than our natural death age right those are facts exactly Between 50% and 70% of the deaths occurred in nursing homes. These are are facts. This is the CDC data that I'm using.
0: By the way, when Republicans start going after Fauci and want to prosecute him Mm -hmm. for this stuff, I'm not letting them off the hook. No. If they were not on board from the beginning. No, absolutely they not. fall into that same category. No amnesty. No amnesty. No amnesty. Exactly. Yep. So that's good. Go after Fauci. I want you to do that. Yeah. But then that I want, doesn't mean you're up. I, I want you in a cage too. Yeah. I mean, if you were promoting this shit, because it's yep. not a Democrat Republican thing, Republicans nope. were totally on board. I mean, Donald Trump was, yeah. you know, uh, yelled at the governor of Georgia for opening up Correct. too early. Yeah. You know, so don't all let belong these people in a cage. off the hook.
3: Anyone that supported this belongs in a cage.
0: Do you know that the majority of people, um, that are dying from COVID right now are vaccinated. I do. I find that stat a little misleading. Do you? Because well, no most, one's most dying from vaccinated. most people are vaccinated. 68%, and not, I think. No one's actually dying from COVID. <laughs> That's interesting. So yeah. But it is in it's a good headline.
3: They yeah, it is a fun headline to kind of whip out in a conversation. But then as we peel that onion back, which this is kind of what we do, is I've had a problem. Well, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's just not true the way that they um, calculated COVID mortality. Anyway, because what they did, and we talked about this, I think two podcasts ago, is the CDC conflated. Uh, it's called the PIC numbers, and that's pneumonia, um, pneumonia, influenza, and COVID, and it all magically kind of got pushed into the COVID category. They right. put all those together and go like, "Well, it's all going to be COVID at that point." That's why we saw. You know, the, the flu deaths went from, you know, in 2020 or 2019 where 50-something thousand and then down to in 2021 to 2022, there were 748 flu deaths. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of fluctuates depending <laughs> on your source. But yeah. it's like this is pretty easy math to look at. This is just complete fuckery. Right? Again, the logic doesn't seem to really
0: penetrate uh, people on their ideological yeah. camps. Yeah, but it's- Trump. Yeah. and But Trump. Yeah, exactly. Um. I have to see a man about a horse. Yes, let's do this.
1: (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, f- you mean for the podcast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's record it. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> what were you going to say? Oh,
3: so uh, I talked to you about this, but I don't think you really followed it. And Mike, I believe this is kind of in your wheelhouse because I think you have a, a fairly better uh, understanding of this as a subject matter, but Mike, were you following the, um, basically the downfall of the FTX platform and the FTT coin, the Sam Bankman freed guy who is now becoming a, uh, inmate, inmate, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> no, he actually arrested the guy. <laughs> no, no, I guess. Yeah. He's not I'm gonna, jumping he, the gun a little. I doubt he'll be arrested. He's, so, don't think so, he's huh? so politically connected. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I guess, uh, it doesn't seem like they just keep jumping the shark on every issue. Like they just don't care anymore. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, we would arrest him, but he's one of us.
3: So yeah. what are you going to do?
0: Right. It just seems like they don't even make an effort anymore. Yeah,
3: that Hunter Biden, it, it turns out to be true, but I mean, come on. What are we going to Yeah. We're gonna just, investigate the president?
0: Yeah, come on. There's other things. They stuff actually to are investigating. About. Republicans start investigating uh, Biden. Another really? story,
3: though. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I'm going to give that, you the bare bones since yes okay. so f t x is a trading platform company that's based in Nassau in the Bahamas, and it quickly out of nowhere became the third largest uh crypto exchange platform, and this was like to its third, okay. <laughs> I hate when you guys fight. Well, it's not it's not anything now. <laughs> That's not worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Um I
2: retract my
3: statement. So, uh and everyone had questions like why this thing just came out of nowhere like this kind of meteoric rise and everyone had kind of questioned like how much funding they were getting, how politically connected they were. Um it was officially announced as a platform 3 days after Joe Biden uh announced his run for the presidency, which that will become hmm relevant here (laughs) later on i mean on its face it's fairly interesting but so mike this is like if you understand i know you understand this stuff better than i do so whenever you feel like jumping in um just don't correct me and so the way (laughs) the way that they value these companies is particularly in crypto it's based on how much money like venture capital companies kind of perceive their value and give them their startup money and they're like it's i see this company it's kind of almost Arbitrary if you don't really kind of understand this. And it's almost kind of made up, if you can understand that as an economic system. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I can. I can wrap my head around that. So all of these companies, they all own holdings in each other, right? So a company like Robinhood owns a bunch in Binance, who owns a bunch of holdings in, you know, Uphold and on and on and on. And then these companies are only trading platforms so I facilitate the trades if you want to buy a bunch of Bitcoin, for example, you know I hold your money, I take a small percentage off the top. but then they also create something that's called a native coin and that native coin is used as basically the kind of their own kind of exchange system. like it's their own currency. It's not necessarily a commodity that's made to kind of fluctuate up and down, but it's a way like here's your placeholder for the value that you have in my company, right? Okay. Which makes sense. I'm trying not to go too deep on yeah. this. <clears throat> it's, it's interesting. Yeah, okay. It, this much like I find myself, so it's- much like I find myself like defending Trump for saying like, I like to have guns and I'm like, the guy here I am defending Trump. Like I'm not a Trump sport. Dude. I like, always find
0: myself defending Trump. I, I know. I, all the time. I do of the time to say like, look, I don't like the guy.
3: I know. That being said. Yes,
0: he's a bloviating windbag,
3: but you got to understand. <laughs> so I'm trying to do the same with this where I don't end up in a corner going like, here's how crypto works because that will yeah. be a complete shit show. <laughs> no. So hold on. Let me see if I got that okay. right. So you can invest in
0: the company and you have a get out of jail free card if the thing tanks because they have this native coin that doesn't lose its value. Is that- no, not at all. Oh, okay, yeah. I the didn't coin understand just the, represents;
3: it's a way for them to mark value that someone else can buy in your company. It's called a; it's called like a um well, a utility coin. That's another name for it. It's their native coin, but it's it's purely utilitarian for exchanging value within the the company, but not exactly outside. So, so here's a here's an example. So, the largest trading platform is Binance, mm-hmm. and that guy bought like billions of dollars of their native coin it's called FTT that's FTX's utility coin. Okay. And that's his way. It's like, I own a, I own a, a portion of your company, right? Okay. That's all you need to know for this discussion. Okay. So what happened is an article came out that said, and these guys are like big time competitors and they have like kind of a personal beef too. Is, is that Sam Bankman, freed the owner of FTX and the CEO of Binance is an article comes out that um, FTX, the trading platform, what they were doing is they were taking all a bunch of money out of their company and putting it into a sister company called Alameda research, which is their co-mingling funds, which is completely illegal. Yeah. Right. Cause, and then, so when the CEO of Binance find this out, he sold all of his F- F- FTT coin, right. Which was a significant amount. But yeah. Then he also went public and said, like, I think these guys are involved in some fuckery. I just sold all my coins. That created the crash. It, it created the the equivalent of a bank run. Right. Right? So, like, I don't know. You know this yeah. from the Creature for Deco Island, uh, fractional reserve uh, lending. Yeah. Because a bank only has to have, like, 10% of what its perceived value is. And then when you have a bank run, runs, they go, like, we actually don't have that money. And so, you know, that's what you see in like Venezuela, <laughs> you know, this, uh, what's the country that's happening, uh, Myanmar Republic, uh, all these other, you know, where all of a sudden there's this panic. Everyone runs to get the money and they're like, well, we, we don't actually have that money. And so, right. Yeah. That's, and just so that's so everyone, the beginning of the end.
0: Right just now. so everyone knows that is the situation in every bank. Yes. Everywhere. Yes. They have 10% of the money that they're supposed to have mm-hmm. on hand anytime. And even that they don't necessarily have to, have there's I don't understand it completely, but it's my understanding they don't even have to have that ten percent. Right. It gets um, more nuanced to that. Yeah.
3: The so, the point being, if we all went to get our money right now, we're we're, to, we're fully relying on like the trust tree for our economic system, and if that ever goes sideways, I don't know. Develop a taste for human flesh, and I hope you got drinking water on your property. Well, this is gonna no, be a rough fucking times. So. don't worry about it though, because if that did happen, the federal government,
0: uh, the FDIC, has insured the banks. Oh, the federal like, government would give them
3: the money, like a like a bailout. Yeah, I don't exactly. think we've ever done that. No, it's uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, we did that once. Th- we did that once in 2008, but dude, it was only like 700 billion dollars. I don't right. Like, I mean, come on.
0: Well, and it was oh, technically it was to talk your about money. Hunter Biden laptop now. It wasn't the, but the government didn't have that money. It wasn't their money that they did it with. They no, took it, it had it had your it had money. Be. No, it had to be. Because. Well, they made new money, is what they did. Oh, so they have these things called printing presses. That's not my money though. So. The, I don't know if you know this or not, but your money is made of paper. Not worth anything. <laughs> Are we back in the trust tree? It's not made of gold. It's not made of silver. It's made of paper and
3: ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. I did know that. And that's how, yeah, sorry. Is uh, I always thought for those of you that really enjoy um, talk pontificating about the possibility of having socialism, We had the greatest example of socialism in the 2008 crash when we gave the banks who were too big to fail $700 billion. We socialized their losses, their Mm -hmm. bad bets. We socialized them. We all pitched in, did the right thing. Now, they privatized their gains after that that they made and their bonuses. But, I mean, socialism works. That's a great example right there.
0: Do you know they just lowered the voting age in New Zealand to 16? Thank God. It
3: should be 30, and you should have to take a lengthy test. Before <laughs> and you, you should go. be a white <laughs> landowner. All right, dude, let's not go there. <laughs> well, it's New Zealand. I mean, it's... So this uh, basically crashed. It, 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 it basically was the beginnings of a bank run on FTX. And FTX, you know, the next day basically goes like, we actually don't have any money. And they froze all the accounts. So if you owned money on that platform, you know, like you have a uphold account or a Robinhood account, if you had an FTX and you had whatever, 20 grand in Bitcoin sitting there, you can't take that out now. Everything's frozen because they are looking at a chapter 11 bankruptcy. So what they did is the owner, the Sam Bankman fried guy reaches out to Binance, their main competitor, and and says like, you got to help us out here. Like we are... "Quote unquote, too big to fail." Like if we, like we're insolvent at this point, we don't have any money, and if you don't step in and buy our company, like we're taking a lot of people with us. This whole thing's going to crumble. So, in in the spirit of preserving the crypto industry, the CEO of Binance writes a non-binding letter that says we're going to buy your company, right? And we're going to like fix this. So that puts the brake on the insolvency issue, right? Okay. People still can't take their money out though Mm -hmm. until this is like figured out. So as one would, when you are going to buy a giant financial company, you do a little (laughs) due diligence, (laughs) a little bit of homework. (laughs) (laughs) And these guys look at this and they go, holy shit. Like (laughs) you guys not only have, don't have the money to remain solvent. You don't have the actual deposits that your customers put in there. Like the actual money, which is also fake. So they don't have that 10% that we're talking about. They don't have anything. As in to say, this CEO goes back to Sam Bankman Freed and says, you guys aren't going to go bankrupt. You're going, You're going to going fucking to jail. prison. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot of you guys are going to prison at this point. Yeah. And so they Let's declare, so. yeah, these all deals off the table. They declare Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Like we're done. We're we're insolvent. Sorry. Like, and all those people's money that was hidden in those accounts, like still like frozen, which came out to I don't know roughly like six hundred million dollars, was stolen by hackers that night. Which is to say, everyone knows uh-huh. that every time, all these people, all these these. Crypto trading platforms. Yeah. They put a back door in all the programs. Totally. The, so in, they on can, a day like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was all stolen by hackers. Yeah. Now they've stolen everything. All the money's gone. So now they what they do when that happens to a company is they give them a bankruptcy CN, CEO. So this guy like just goes. <laughs> this guy did the equivalent of like one time I worked at the brewery. And me and this dishwasher, this guy at Alberto, who didn't speak any English, we took a bunch of mushrooms because it was, like, a super slow night. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, it's 5 We're, like, clean the kitchen. We'll take mushrooms now. We'll clean the kitchen. Like, we'll get out of here. I was, like, 22. And, like, five minutes before, you know, 9.55, closing kitchens at 10. The, our boss comes running back there and we're frying balls at this point and goes, A giant tour bus just pulled up. Like, we're going to have a full house here in like five minutes. This guy did what we did. We were like, Yeah, no problem. And we were like, Let's get the fuck out of here. And we just walked out the back door. <laughs> <laughs> Never got fired.
0: Shut up. So I
3: came back, like, What happened? I'm like, Oh, I thought, I thought she said that they weren't going to serve him because it was too late yeah we're like I'm not dealing with this right now like I'm out of here that's what this guy did he's like I'm out of here and he went to like Argentina or some bullshit like that so now they're looking at like what the this now this CEO is going through it and they're showing as of November 10th FTX FTX showed uh, 9 billion dollars in liabilities what you owe and then roughly 900 million dollars in assets so for those of you that aren't business majors that's not good yeah, it's like a 10 to 1 in the wrong direction of <laughs> what your company is uh, worth. So I'm going to do a Liberty Tree prediction. Oh, hold on. Wait for it.
0: Wait for it. you got to give me a little notice on these things. Trying
2: to predict the future is a discouraging and hazardous occupation because the profit invariably falls between The Futures now, old man.
3: So, of those $900 million in assets, like what they actually had on their books, half of that were holdings. You know, they have each have holding in each other's company. Half of those were holdings in Robinhood, which is one of the most largest criminal organizations, I mean, besides the FBI and CIA. Like, they are complete criminals. We'll get okay. more to that in, in a little bit. So, as FTX fell, they began to start, you know, as they're saying, too big to fail. They started taking these other companies with them because people that held you know, those FTT coins and they're using those FTT coins to finance their own operation, whatever. So then you had a company like BlockFi, which is this huge company, just did the same thing. Like we're insolvent, we're declaring bankruptcy. Sorry for all you that had money on a pro, like that money's gone. Like, I don't know, we might get sued and you can get something out of us, but like the, all accounts are like frozen. So that the way that this affects, and this is like, when you talk about too big to fail, the way that this screws people, it's, it's you know, you have money I have money in crypto and just imagine that money is like gone. And they say like, you can't have access to it. We might open up your account later on. Maybe not. You know what I mean? Who knows? It might be gone forever. You know, it's just gets super complicated. Like economic law, you know, the way these companies, you know, the way that bankruptcy laws work. Yeah. So here's my Liberty Tree prediction is that the reason why, if you look at What these people are doing, it's exactly how our actual financial system works, and this is what happened in the two thousand eight crash. And this is all based on derivatives trading. So I am making a bet when I buy crypto that this—I bought a bunch of, you know, Dogecoin, for example—and I'm betting that that Dogecoin is going to go up, right? But then the people who own Dogecoin take my money I gave them, and then they make another bet and another side bet. So if you watch the movie The Big Short, they explain this really well. The book's even better. It's bets on bets on bets on bets. That's what mm-hmm. derivatives trading is. Right. Right. And so this crash, because you had Binance, you know, uh, betting on DTX, who was betting on Alameda, who was dedicating on BlockFi, and on and on and on. All it takes is one of those bets to go sour, everything at the chain gets fucked. Right. So this happened due to this fuckery with the DTX coin. So they had a market value cap of $32 billion gone, just out of thin air, just that money's gone. Everyone yeah. owned that money, right? And all these companies, they took with them. So like, let's just say, I mean, this was a gigantic collapse. Let me just, I'm estimating this off the top of my head. Let's just say $100 billion is gone overnight, right? Because of one bad bet. We do that derivatives training, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, uh, JP Morgan Chase, Freddie Mae, you know, Freddie Mac, all those companies. The 2008, we are doing that same model, that derivatives trading. And this is my prediction: this is going to crash the economy. It's like I, I cannot I believe it. Happening. Yeah, yeah. You know how much that we are doing in trading like at this moment of derivatives trading? You know how many we're doing? How much we're doing? When you say? We? What do you mean? Like what all? What of our? What our banks in the UK, all over the world? Credit Suisse, everyone. Okay. The amount of volume that they're doing, like right now, today, in derivatives trading. Two thousand five hundred trillion dollars. Wow! Of the of basically a Ponzi scheme, froth. of betting.
2: It's just
0: froth. <laughs> it is. Mike, have you thought about that? Do you do, have you had that same thought that this is going to be the thing that kind of topples the the global economy at this FTX thing?
2: I've thought about it, but I'm really surprised I haven't seen this. I, I think at this point, uh, what is it, two, three weeks since FTX failed? Yeah, about that. I would expect the contagion to spread through and to start taking everything's down. That's what they referred
3: it to as a contagion, yeah.
2: I've yeah. not seen it yet, so it's yeah. like, I, I hear what you're saying, Matt. I'm just surprised I haven't seen anything. Yeah. You know what? It's such an
0: abstract idea, This this concept of crypto and derivatives trading ask the average person yeah Um, whereas in 2008 it was like home values yeah were very something people could it was still derivatives trading but it was it was something that people could actually kind of sink their teeth into and understand. Correct. And yeah, I it, wonder if that's part of it is that it's just that the run hasn't happened yet because people are just kind of like, well, It kind of exists in the abstract. Yeah. Why do we take our money you, out? Like, it's people don't have a tangible. I'm not worried ass- about
3: losing my people don't have a tangible asset to like apply yeah. this template to. Yeah. But it's yeah. the exact same system. It's yeah. Like, that's what ha- that's what crashed the ho- housing market was the derivatives trading. It's like people making a bet on a bet on a bet, and the people that shorted that saying like this whole thing is going to fall apart and I'm betting on it falling, on it failing, those people made billions and billions of dollars, which is what the movie The Big Short is about. It might be too early for me to uh, jump into the middle of your
0: story right here and say this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Sure. Um, I see this, like I see everything in the world as a problem of the regulation Mm -hmm. that's in place. Mm -hmm. Because if you weren't... So these things are illegal, what they're doing, right? (laughs) Right. So what's kind the consequence? The only thing
3: illegal so far. Well, it's so it's so complex and I marginally understand. Like I don't want to There are the laws explain there, that so. there's
0: laws about and I don't understand it. So the, th- to the either, but there they, are laws that say that you can't do what they were doing. You can't. Right. That's why that one CEO of a uh, what do you call it? Uh, Binance. Binance Binance. uh said that you guys are going to prison, right? This yeah. is they're breaking laws. Yeah. To do this stuff. So that and was what
3: based that on the, the, the the original thing that tripped this whole thing off is that they were basically funneling money through you have to have a certain amount on your books, you know, that, that you're projecting as wealth. You know, if customers give you a bunch of deposits, it's on you. You need to have those on your books somehow. Right. And so those regulations and right.
0: those all these laws that are put into place, wh- what's the point of it? What it does, it gives people a false sense of security that things are on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Because well that's the law they have to do it so I'm just going to invest in these places and if it's if it's wrong if those guys are breaking the law well then they'll go to jail mm-hmm. but that doesn't get you your money back yeah it's just punishing someone yeah or and not. then and the then the second part of that is that well what we need is more regulation what they're really saying is what we need is the government to fix this problem mm-hmm. and bail us out because we lost our money on this yeah take away the state completely. And what, what do you have? You have this crazy rodeo of this Bitcoin, not Bitcoin, I don't want to throw Bitcoin in there, but this, this crypto kind of right. frenzy that everyone is trading on and betting on and gambling and doing these derivative trading things. That looks really risky if what they're doing is legal yeah. and people that are, that are sound with their money and good investors and do their due diligence aren't going to touch that with a 10 foot pull. Yeah. But if there is the prospect of the government bailing you out and those people going to jail, it gives this false sense of security for a lot of people to get into it and get hurt. So to me, this is a problem of regulation. Yeah. It is, would be solved or at least way better not to say people wouldn't get hurt
3: if there just wasn't regulation around this stuff. Well, it's it's I think of it like this. It's almost a, it's a bit of a, like an irrelevant notion of like people we need the government to step in and stop this. Okay, we tried that. They still it, broke the law. It, we tried that in 2008 is they crashed the economy, right? Overnight yeah. crashed the housing market, thus crashing the economy. Obama's told them like, "And you guys you you need to be held accountable. I'm holding the meeting, and we're all going to sit down and figure out who is to blame. Do you remember their response from the banks? Like, yeah, I uh, said no, no. no. We're not not, not only that, that. you're going to cut us a check for seven hundred billion exactly. dollars. You're going to shut the fuck up because yeah. you're not in charge of anything. Exactly. Like, and he did it. Right. And it's one of those things. We just we watched that ship go down the river right by us. We're like, huh? Well, there it is. Yep. I guess no one's held accountable. I think one guy from Credit Suisse went to jail and he just had like some money in an illegal offshore account get bernie madoff bernie madoff so, ran a ponzi scheme my
0: theory so. is that they're looking for a bernie madoff to take the fall oh yeah
3: they for all this
0: yeah yeah which could that's be the why, sam
3: bankman free guy well
0: that's why yeah. he hasn't gone to jail yet yeah. i think he's too connected. they they might t- take him out but i think they're looking for someone else yeah so
3: this is where things start to get fun oh yeah is Should we play some fun music I went a little deep on this. Close it up. Close it up. Close it up. <laughs> now this is something the other tour guides won't tell you. <laughs> Let's get weird. <laughs> so so that sister company, Alameda Research, uh-huh. Cuz now they're saying, "Where did all this money go?" I mean, we're missing at least 32 billion dollars at this point. Where did that money go? Hmm. I mean, this is beside the Ponzi scheme and the th- outright theft of people's money, right, is most of that money got funneled into that sister company called Alameda Research. Mm-hmm. Alameda Research was ran by Bankman-Fried's girlfriend. Hmm. Turns out, she was using that money to do like heavily leveraged trades, where it's—I don't know—not to get too deep into it. It's called yield farming, where I'm going to loan out huge amounts of crypto and make these like kind of dangerous bets, right? Yeah. I'm taking tangible money. FTX at that time was a sustainable, tangible business. We're going to take that money and basically just fucking gamble it on other cryptos, right? And loan it out. (laughs) Turns out Bankman Fried's girlfriend was really bad at her job (laughs) and fucking (laughs) lost almost all of it. Okay. So, but there was a question of this $10 billion, right? That went to, um, to this Alan Mita research that you start looking at like where that money went first thing they saw was because now they have this bankruptcy CEO is like okay we, we got
2: to track this money down this is criminal at this point someone's going to jail like, have you brought up who the guy actually is do you know who he is? Sam Bankman Freed? No no who took over for the bankruptcy CEO, the bankruptcy CEO. No, it's John Ray the third same guy who did it Enron oh yes I did. Wow. Yeah, I did hear that go ahead yeah and
3: remember, he said, he goes, I've been doing this for 40 years. I, this is just like next level criminal. <laughs> I of like, Enron. Like, Man, you did it. Enron. <laughs> He's like, Enron is the dinner salad. Like, we haven't got the main course yet. <laughs> so first thing that they see, because now they have to trace like where the actual money went, is this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, was the second highest uh, donator to the Democratic Party in these last midterms. He's second only behind George Soros, and they also found evidence that this guy had also pledged for the twenty twenty four election. I'm gonna—he's gonna he's a de, uh, donate a billion dollars to the Democratic Party, which is kind of funny because now we already have. He gave to the Democrat Party in the midter- midterms. He gave him thirty eight million dollars. Right? This money went to these specific super PACs, and they have to look at the super PACs, and then you just keep peeling back and feel like who makes up these super PACs it becomes pretty obvious that FTX is basically the official crypto like monetary system for the World Economic Forum. Oh really? It is fucking wild when you start really. Seeing it. Yes. Which is funny cuz just this morning there was an article in the Huffington Post that They'd like, they just uncovered that Sam Bankman freed someone, an employee, you know what I mean? Because they were, they were giving themselves out through this Alameda research, giving themselves personal loans, billion dollars there, 500 million dollars there. And then these people would donate it to these super PACs. Well, they trace back a million dollars that Mitch McConnell like, might be affiliated with at the super PAC. Meanwhile, they didn't see nothing in the articles like $38 million pledging to do a billion dollars to the entire Democratic Party. It's just Huffington Post like you guys are so consistent. Wow. So they just, were
0: trying to paint the picture that he was supporting
3: Republicans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. So here's where these money goes to the super PAC. And this is when you start going like this is basically like the world economic agenda is they found $30 million went to a super PAC. Um. That was run by his brother, Gabe Bankman-Fried, right? So this is how you this is how you launder money in politics. Like I'm gonna have a political action committee, or the the Clinton. If the Clintons had a foundation, hypothetically, like that would be a way to raise hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, This super PAC that he had, you broke it down into two other super PACs. One is called the Guarding Against Pandemics, and you look at if you look at their website, they basically have a list of political. (sighs) you know, hopefuls that are all completely uh, pro-lockdown and pro-vaccine mandate. He was basically, he had this vision. He shared the vision of the World Economic Forum and Mm -hmm. we'll find out that he is connected to him. It's like, we wanna have, we need the lockdowns to happen and we need the vaccine mandate to happen. The other one that they had was called the Every Town for Gun Safety Pack, which is basically, they're committed to a complete disarmament of the country, like a federal gun grab for everyone. Wow. Yeah. This yeah. is where all this money was going. Jesus. Yeah. So th- this is the best one. This is like where I started, getting get into this. I'm like, dude, you, this is like the, some of the creepiest shit. Gabe and Sam, the two Bankman Free brothers, they were deeply involved in genes, genetics, and the Genome Project. Are you familiar with the Genome Project? Yes. Yes. The Genome Projects, whose one of its main headquarters was in New Mexico on this giant isolated ranch. And on this giant ranch is where they were constantly flying in all these world economic doctors, quote unquote, including Bill Gates. You know who owns that ranch? Who? Jeffrey Epstein. No. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So the Genome Project, which was essentially like a glorified eugenics, as in depopulation project, was funded and organized by Jeffrey Epstein and the World Economic Forum, and they were obsessed with trying- each other. You know what? We should say what the Genome Project is. Okay. Mike, you want to pull up what the Genome Project
0: is? is it, it's not what I thought. Oh, Okay. I thought I knew what it was, but you're yeah, talking genome about it's project a, it's was a depopulation. Was a, was a, was, thing? Yeah, as it as was the eugenics human, program,
2: the Human Genome Project. Or yes,
0: because I thought no, the Human Genome a, Project is mapping the. That's what I thought it was. Was is mapping the
1: no uh, no no, the no DNA no, that's not of it.
3: look up uh, World Economic Forum Genome Project or put in Genome Project Jeffrey Epstein. So this was basically, and we know we, uh, we'll go through it a little bit, but. It's a glorified eugenics program, like a depopulation program. Now, this is where Bill Gates' name always pops up. And then we know Bill Gates Sr. was an outspoken eugenicist and helped founded you know Planned Parenthood and on and on and yeah. on. We've talked about that a bunch. So we always make jokes about people connecting Bill Gates with Jeffrey Epstein. It's like, oh, he flew to you know Epstein Island and he's, he's banging little kids out there, blah, blah, blah. Which he was. And that's why his wife left him. But the real connection is this shit, the eugenics program that Jeffrey Epstein was like obsessed with working on and Bill Gates and all these other scientists kept flying out to this ranch in New Mexico. Well, these Bankman Freed brothers were part of that as well. They've been funding, helping fund and organize all this stuff through the world economic forum, which that connects like all these people together. Cause the one kind of common through thread that these people have is depopulation, getting the population down. Yeah. They're outspoken about it. This is like, right. You know, they're we, not hiding it. Yeah. Now, luckily for us, the genome, this, this genome project never really took off, right? This whole whole, like gene therapy technology, because, you know, I mean, except for the Moderna and Pfizer shots, like we don't really hear about this gene therapy (laughs) being implemented on a global scale at all. Well, but the mRNA vaccine does not
0: change your uh, your DNA, except for that one uh, case that they did in Sweden in the lab where it did change the DNA of a uh, liver uh,
3: through the uh, mRNA process. So
0: aside um, from that.
3: It, well, the good news is, is that I think that spike protein technology and that gene therapy could be s- switched off, or is it once it's switched on, it can never... No, the second... I, Oh, second, it can't be yeah. ever... Okay. Yeah. I always get those two mixed yeah. up. Uh, you know who else partnered up with FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried? Vladimir Zelensky. Ugh. The FTT coin, the FTX trading platform, became the official partner for donating money to the Ukraine. Right. To Ukraine, rather. So think about it like this, though, is the Democrats who are in power who are voting across the board to send money to Ukraine. Think about it like this. We've said from the very beginning that whole, the whole thing in Ukraine is a giant money laundering scheme. Yep. Right? So if you think about it like this is Ukraine is the laundromat. FTX is basically the washing machines because all this money went to Ukraine through FTX, right? And FTX takes their cut off the top as a trading as any trading platform does. Right. And then he takes that cash and basically gives it back to all the people that voted to send the money to the to the to Ukraine in the first place. You see, so it's well, just a
0: certain- didn't I? I thought it was even more nefarious than that. I thought that the Ukraine actually invested in FTX. They did. So they took the money that taxpayer money that was sent to them in the form of military mm-hmm. aid, which uh, just if you're keeping track was more money than Russia's entire military mm-hmm. budget. Yeah. For a year, which you would think would be enough to have a big or as big or bigger army. Anyways, it doesn't seem like that's actually the case. What, how come they're not uh, dominating Right in that conflict? Yeah. Could it be because m- a lot of that money was sent by, well, a lot of the money was stolen, let's be honest, yeah. and given to...
1: Let's gangsters remember in that, Ukraine, uh, the, that mo- the fourth by... most
0: corrupt, corrupt country in the world, correct. Um, and then I was under the impression that that money was also being invested in FTX.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's we're. is just...
0: Do I have it right? We're sending the money to Ukraine, mm-hmm. and then the Ukrainian government is in turn. Money's fungible, but mm-hmm. they are investing money into FTX mm-hmm. at we're. the same time.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> And it also goes the other way too is that the u.s sends a ton of money to ukraine right and then they found once this this uh forensic ceo this bankruptcy ceo starts going through and going like all this money is being sent to ukraine through ftx you know is basically i'm going to send them so much you know whatever bitcoin or ftt or whatever the coin was basically to help in the war effort this guy bankman freed would take you know make you a know, billion dollars a month or whatever on all these trades, right? As any trading platform does. And then he's mysteriously like, I just love Democrats and he's getting them $38 million. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a billion dollars. You're forgetting for, for, for about for, for Mitch fun. McConnell. Oh yeah. Well, he got, yes. That, who also voted to send money to Ukraine, <laughs> by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's fuckery on the highest level. And, um, uh, as our track record suggests, that we said this was fuckery, and we said it was a giant money laundering, you know, operation at the very beginning, and uh, I don't know, I just we're right again. I'm glad that these this uh, way to the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank God these monsters aren't disappointing us. No, at least
3: they're consistent. I the
0: head oh, of shit. my favorite baby silly went whap with a lead snowshoe and he hit him on the nose and he hit him on the fin and he. That got me just about as evil as an Eskimo boy can be. So I bent down and I reached down and I scooped down and I gathered up a generous mitten full of the dead legs. The deadly yellow snow, from right there where the huskies go Whereupon I proceeded to take that mitten full of the deadly yellow snow crystals And rub it all into his beady little eyes With a vigorous circular motion, hitherto unknown to the people in this area But destined to take the place of the mud shark in your mythology Here it goes now, the circular motion, rub it